0: Welcome to the Careers digital show and podcast where we explore the cutting edge of wellness and this episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. Vaping has certainly become a serious health problem among young people, but how do you really know if your teen is vaping and what can you do about it? Also, how does it really affect their brains? Something you might not realize. We are joined now by Dr. Laura Saunders from the Institute of Living for some great advice as always. Hi, Dr. Saunders. I'm going to stop you just for a second cuz I don't hear you. I'm going to talk to our great tech team. Angelo, any advice? <laughs> Stay with us folks. We'll get Dr. Doctor... We'll get Dr. Saunders here in 1 second. Don't worry. It's on our end, Dr. Saunders. It's coming. It's coming. This is the beauty of live TV, people. We'll be here in just a moment. Okay. All right. I'm just going to reintroduce cuz I don't know if uh, everyone heard me. So, we're talking about vaping and it is a serious health problem. AMONG OUR YOUNG PEOPLE. AND HOW DO YOU REALLY KNOW IF IT'S HAPPENING? WELL, WE ARE JOINED NOW BY DR. LAURA SAUNDERS FROM THE INSTITUTE OF LIVING. AND THERE SHE IS. THANK YOU, KAREN. (laughs) OKAY. SO uh, LET'S FIRST TALK ABOUT WHAT VAPING IS BECAUSE I HONESTLY THINK THAT SOMETIMES ADULTS DON'T KNOW. IT'S LIKE WE KNOW THAT THERE'S THIS THING AND EVERYONE'S TALKING ABOUT IT, BUT WHAT EXACTLY IS IT? WHAT ARE WE LOOKING FOR?
1: SO uh, VAPING IS, also known as e-cigarettes or electronic cigarettes. Um, actually, it's become the most commonly used tobacco product in the United States for youth since 2014. So vaping is really taking over even for smoking regular cigarettes. Um, you know, most e-cigarettes or vape pens is sometimes they're referred to. And I think common uh, a common product is Juul, J-U-U-L. So that's sometimes uh, people just refer to it as their Juul. Um, So they contain nicotine. And we know that nicotine is highly addictive. It is highly addictive for adolescents, the adolescent brain, just like it's highly addictive for adults. Um, And really, it can harm brain development. And and your brain development for young people really continues on through about the age 25. Mm -hmm. Um, Nicotine can impact learning, memory and attention. And I think what's we should do as, as parents and, and caregivers of uh, teens and young people is assume that every teen has had some exposure to vaping and vape pens because it's everywhere. So um, I often encourage parents to go on on an assumptive uh, pattern of questioning, but open ended. Um, and we can get to that in a few minutes. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, so now that we know what it is, I mean, I, I just want to go back to the brain development because hopefully, if you decide to listen to this episode with your kids or you're listening in the car on the podcast and maybe just turn it on and hopefully they're listening a little bit, I think kids, you know, they, teens especially, right? They think they're invincible. They probably think a vape is not as serious as some other things. But talk about what nicotine would be doing to their brain development.
1: Well, it, it's a, as, as an addictive substance, it really is, uh, it, it's affecting certain brain functions. It affects learning, memory, and attention. Um, and what I say about uh, nicotine all the time, and, you know, this is based on, on, you know, 30 years worth of experience with young people, is that nicotine really is, in my mind and in my experience, the true gateway drug. Because it's that first experience where young people are taking in a substance That is altering their brain in some way. So, and I've never smoked, but I've heard from many, many people that have is that it helps them feel calmer. It helps them, you know, calm down. So you're taking a substance into your body. It helps you feel calmer and you start to associate an external substance that you take in with an alteration in mood. And that means that you're not doing things yourself to alter your mood. So, you know, it can really uh, play a role in anxiety and depression and a lot of other things.
0: Right. When you say you're not doing things yourself, meaning you're not learning coping skills because there's medication, there's other things. But the first line of defense for all of this would be teaching young people and adults coping skills, right? Like uh, deep breathing or taking a walk or putting their screen away.
1: Right. So. We, uh, we coping skills are a way to manage your uh, feelings or your anxiety in, su- in such a way that helps you feel better, right? So there's positive coping skills and there are negative coping skills, right? So smoking or vaping would be a negative coping skill. Individuals say that it makes them feel better, but it has a negative side effect. In this case, it is highly addictive. Um, and for young people, you know, it's not like you just take up vaping once or twice. Once you start it, the sort of the addiction takes over, right? Nicotine is, is as we keep saying, and I will continue to say, very highly addictive. So it's really important um, that we, as parents, also become role models, right? So if we're vaping or smoking cigarettes or doing those kinds of things, it is highly likely that our kids will imitate our behavior. Mm.
0: And it, like you said, assume that they've seen it, maybe even tried it, uh, because it's everywhere. I mean, even we do stories all the time about local high schools kind of now locking the bathrooms, because I guess different than uh, when we were younger, kids probably wouldn't have smoked in the bathroom. You would have smelled it all the way down the hallway. This allows kids
1: to hide it better, right? Right. There was definitely smoking in the bathroom when I was in high school. Okay. Um, but yes, uh you, with smoking it was very obvious with with the e cigarettes it's actually in the uh, vape pens it's a little easier to hide it although they do because a lot of times they have flavorings in them so they do give off a scent um so it might be a little easier to hide but uh, again they sometimes the vape pens have marijuana in them they they do put other substances in them besides you know some of the uh you know the the they come in like little kind of glass size plastic size packets that's what they put in okay. and that's what I think parents should start to sort of look out for you know do you notice changes in your child's behavior they're hanging out with a different crowd they're dressing differently um, their their behavior or their patterns are changing in a way which would make you start to ask I like I wonder what's going on here or do I need to have a discussion
0: yeah, and the way to do this, he said if we just go and say, Are you vaping? Oh my gosh, don't you know how bad that is for you? That would be what not to do. We're not gonna get a response that's gonna help anyone.
1: Right. So if you sort of go into attack mode, your teen is definitely gonna go into defense mode. Um and and it's really looking for those opportunities. You're watching a show together and you see someone. Smoking in the show, right? You say, Wow, do I always like to ask about friends because you get more information about friends than you do about the individual? Like, do a lot of your friends smoke or do a lot of your friends vape? Um, You know, how common common is it in your friend group? You know, you start kind of open ended like that. Is that something you've tried? What's been your experience with it? Um, So you you try to ask more open ended questions, but it's a little bit like probing a little deeper each time. Um, You know, and I like to make eye statements like I worry about you being exposed to vape pens or smoking because it really is so dangerous. Um, it doesn't seem dangerous in the moment, but you know, these substances are highly addictive. So I like to give information. And I, I think the another important thing to realize is that these are not one and done conversations. These are conversations that need to happen repeatedly. Um, you know, I worked with a teen at one point who like developed kind of a chronic bronchitis after vaping, mm. um, and that was the only way that that they stopped vaping is because they saw that effect. But a lot of young people um, just don't have that kind of quick negative feedback system. So we know that teens developmentally have sort of the egocentrism of toddlers. So if it's not negatively affecting them in the moment. Um, they believe that they are invincible and nothing bad will happen.
0: Okay, so that's, so toddlers and teens are the same when
1: it comes to egos? Yeah, well, because they they just, you know, they don't have good foresight. Well, they are very egocentric, right? They believe the world revolves around them. Um, (laughs) And they don't have the ability to, to, look to the future. And again, I'm making some overgeneralizations. Of course, there are they can do that, but very often they don't recognize how their behavior in the moment will affect them in the future. I mean, it's, it's the same way with a lot of different teenage behaviors. They just lack perspective and that's not insulting them. That's just developmentally where they're at. They don't have perspective. It's kind of like, you know, how the first breakup is, so unbelievably devastating for teens because they cannot imagine the fact that they might find another partner that's equally as suitable for them. So they lack perspective.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, uh, kids might be thinking, oh, it's not as bad because it's a vape versus a real cigarette. But in the scheme of what we're talking about, first of all, a lot of vapes are completely unregulated, so you don't know exactly what's going in them, and especially if you're someone buying them illegally, which you would be as a teen because you're not allowed to buy them, then you might be getting them from someone who's selling them to you. You don't know what's in there. People are putting other things in there, perhaps marijuana. So this whole idea that like a vape isn't as bad as a cigarette would be wrong, right?
1: It it is false, right? E-cigarette an e-cigarette aerosol is not harmless. It contains harmful substances, including nicotine, cancer-causing chemicals, organic compounds, um, flavorings that have been uh, linked to lung disease, and sometimes heavy metals such as nickel, tin, and lead. So these are not benign things that you're taking into your lungs. So I I would hope that
0: um, maybe we could play this episode, not only for my own kids, but for other parents. But education is one way. Maybe they're going to roll their eyes, but they're maybe listening, and hopefully they don't want to harm themselves. What do you do if the teen's already doing it? I mean, you know, what if they admit, yeah, mom, I'm vaping? Then what do you do? Because you don't want them to be.
1: Right. So... While there is a lot of common belief that sort of abstinence is the way to go, and you can try that, right? You can say, listen, we need to just stop this habit right now. It's a bad habit. It'll lead to a lot of um, negative outcomes for you. Often what's a more successful tactic is what's called harm reduction, right? So you you were vaping multiple times a day. How about you just, you cut it in half, right? So it's a harm reduction we're trying to reduce the harm um, because oftentimes abstinence um, just promotes what's called relapse, right? And re- what we know in any kind of recovery is that re- relapse is part of the recovery process. It's not a failure, but to emphasize harm reduction, when you find out your child's vaping, you know, multiple times a day, it's it's a better tactic to say, okay, let's try to cut it in half, right? So let's focus on harm reduction, Um, As opposed to complete abstinence, because then when they go back to vaping again, it's considered a failure experience. Um, And as I as I said, relapse is part of any kind of of, you know, process by which we try to reduce the use of harmful substances. So
0: the. Kids aren't always honest, though, so the, I get the harm reduction and you're going to have to kind of just check yourself. I'm not screaming and saying you're grounded for the rest of your life and I'm stealing everything out of your room and whatever I, I, you would say. That's not the right thing to do. But um, so harm reduction. But then obviously the goal has to be off. Right.
1: Yeah. So so in, in something like this, again, because teens don't have the, the, the ability to really determine how dangerous something like this is because they just believe that they're invincible. Um so it's, it's the goal is to get them off these kind of substances um, and, you know, to, to I, I don't know that it's always helpful to offer rewards and incentives to get off a substance um, because you don't have necessarily a good way to determine if they are truly off. Um, but it's it's that sort of ongoing. I'm concerned about you this is this is dangerous for your health and well-being you know is there something I can do to help and support you right so just kind of keeping on the education and information as the best way to um, as best way to help them
0: and I guess you talk about access I mean these are expensive so I don't know if you're giving your kids money or they have access to a credit card I mean I guess would it be okay to say make sure that I'm really reducing all access and I'm not giving you money unless I know what it's used for.
1: Right. So, you you know, if they need, you know, if they need money for certain things, you need to be checking and and what they're using that money for. Right. So reducing their finances, finding a way to um, to limit the use of finances. Um, So there's several different tactics to go at this. Um, I generally don't advocate a hard line um, like as you joked, you're grounded for your entire life. I mean, that generally doesn't work and it creates a lot of um, subversive behaviors um, where they're sneaking out or they're doing things behind your back again. Um, but to really try to monitor and supervise as much as possible, provide information and education, try to keep the door open for for conversation around this. Um, yeah. Because when teens say, it's fine, I know it's it's fine, it's, it's not going to harm me, and you have to say, in fact, that's not true. It is very harmful.
0: Well, and I, I think the brain development, to let you know, you might have, you know literal brain problems with your focus and this could be long term, um, which I know studies, that's a whole other topic, but studies about drinking at a young age uh, also. I mean, your brain is growing. So, but let me ask you, you mentioned that other things can go in these vapes. Um, I think the teens refer to them as something else. They'll say it's not a vape. A vape is nicotine. Um, A card is for marijuana but yet these are all electronic things where stuff can go in them. So uh, just because we're having this conversation some it seems to be a thought of marijuana comes from the ground. It's okay. It's natural. It's even legal now in some places. This is a natural herb. If I'm going to do anything, that's not bad. So what do you say to that for a teen? Okay.
1: So it, uh, that's that's an extensive conversation but I'll give you my my quick talking points when I talk with young people about this. So any substance that you're taking into your body that alters your mood or affects your ability to think clearly can have long-term negative effects. And while teens frequently say, but I know someone who, and then, you know, I know someone who smokes marijuana every day and is fine, or I know someone who vapes and is fine, right? They'll always give you what I call those single case scenarios. Um, You have to emphasize that what is right for your, the teen in your home, in your family, right? So, especially young people who have any kind of underlying anxiety or mood issue, or, or God forbid, trauma in their history, um, using substances to alter their mood can be very, very damaging. Because what it does is it takes the place of using healthy, active coping skills. As you know, so we're moving more back into the negative coping skills realm. So, using substances to alter your mood is substituting negative coping skills for positive coping skills. And many of these substances, while not addictive in the purest form like marijuana, is very often um, addictive emotionally. And and people say, oh, well, I just you know I take an edible or I just smoke weed to. Go to bed at night so I can sleep better. Well, there, there are really some long-acting effects where you know regular marijuana use affects, um, affects your brain development, but it really affects your attention and your memory um, and affects your ability to learn. So these substances do have negative effects.
0: Okay. I'll let that be the last word. Thank you for the conversation as always. <laughs> hope it goes well in your house, too, as I know you, you're, you're walking the talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. Laura Saunders with the Institute of Living in Hartford uh, Hospital, thank you so much for being with us on Cara's Cures. Take care, Cara. You too. If you want to listen to this episode again, you can go back, of course, and we have other uh, episodes on the cutting edge of wellness to have discussions with your teens or just with yourself uh, on Kara's Cures right here on WFSB Plus or on the podcast. Uh, Please subscribe while you're there. Share it with your friends. You can also follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I share this content there. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.